This week, we're on the third and final part of our series, The Power of Podcasting to Build an Engaged Audience. And today, we're getting to the heart of the leverage point of all this and how you can leverage a successfully launched podcast show. Come on in. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello again, welcome back. And here we're still diving into our three episode series on the power of podcasting to build an engaged audience. We talked in part one about why you might want to start your own podcast and how popular audio is becoming as a channel. And I shared some staggering statistics about podcasting as a growth trend and a way to reach a massive audience. And in part two, I shared my launch strategy and some of the lessons learned, both from the person who helped guide me, Anna Parker Naples, and my own experience and things I've picked up being part of various podcast communities. So now let's look at how you can leverage a successfully launched podcast show. There are three sides to the leverage piece. First, it's about growing an engaged audience as distinct from just building an email list or social media following. It's less about the numbers and more about their engagement and responsiveness. And second, it's about making the podcast production process as efficient and hands-off for you as possible. And last but not least, it's about monetization and how to be intentional about your content so that your listeners stay engaged and move towards the next natural step of wanting to work with you. Let's dive into the first of those two pieces and talk about growth. And that means the ongoing promotion and PR for your podcast. You want to see consistent increase in your downloads, which you can track within the hosting platform. You also want to be sure you're setting yourself up for long-term growth and the opportunities that come from having a long-standing successful show. So let's look at ongoing promotion for visibility and leveraged growth. The momentum you create from all the launch activity, you want to keep it going or your show will just fade away. You want to keep increasing your listenership attract more people, attract great guests, attract sponsors maybe too. The first obvious way to grow your listenership is by submitting to all the major podcatchers. As well as Apple Podcasts, there are dozens of other directories or destinations that collect and play podcasts. And there are a host of websites that feature new podcasts and assist with discovery. Libsyn, the podcast hosting platform I mentioned I use, actually does this for you. You can add a whole list of destinations that your episodes will release to automatically. It's magic. So how do you promote your show going forward? Well, really, it comes down to an important philosophy, the Just Ask philosophy. One of my very first guests on the Leverage Business podcast, Andy Lapata, came on to talk about leveraging professional relationships. And one thing he highlighted was the importance of asking for help, asking for, su- for support. In fact, he thinks this is so important. He wrote a book with the simple title, Just Ask. 
He understands that asking for help is something many of us find crazy difficult. We don't like to bother people. And yet, the truth is, people who like us really love to help out. And beyond the launch and your trusty team of supporters, you want to start collecting ambassadors for your show who appreciate the value of what you do and are happy to help if you just ask. Plus, your loyal subscribers, just tell them what you need them to do, which is to subscribe, rate and review your show so you stay in the charts. The way I do this is through my book and through my outro in the show. I invite people to subscribe, rate and review if they're enjoying the podcast. Why not? It just takes a few minutes to do that. But you have to make it super easy for people. Give them the iTunes link directly. Create a short link like I have. Reviews.leveragebusinesspodcast.com Okay, it's not so short because my domain is quite long, but it's basically a prefix. Reviews to the podcast website domain, leveragebusinesspodcast.com So it's not hard to remember. If you have guests on your show, make it easy for them to share your podcast with their audiences by giving them marketing blurb and creating promo snippets. You can use Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com to create colorful, attractive little quote boxes to share on social media too. You can create teaser videos. I use Headliner. You can upload to YouTube from there and another high volume for content searches. Audiogram is also quite popular for creating sound bites, though we haven't used it in earnest yet. Another way to promote your own podcast is by being a guest on other people's. It wasn't my strategy, but a lot of podcasters create a whole media campaign and get themselves invited onto relevant podcast shows and other speaking events as part of their podcast launch, kind of like a book tour equivalent. I'm not sure why, but I haven't actually been a guest on anyone else's podcast yet. I've had a fair few invites. It's just not something that's in my strategy. And that's probably just a bit crazy. And I'll leap into doing that when the time's right. For now, I've been a bit busy with looking after clients I already have. Nonetheless, being a guest on other people's shows is a great way to build your own audience via other people's audiences. And the other area I'm not covering much because I haven't really done it is sponsorship. A lot of podcasts monetize by attracting sponsors of their show. I've no idea the going rates because it's never been part of my strategy, but I gather how much you earn from a sponsor depends on the number of downloads your episodes earn. They pay by the mill per thousand, so it's pocket changing until you've quite established, but it can help build your audience. So when I got approached a few weeks ago, it took me a little unawares. I was contacted by an agency that puts together sponsors and podcasts, and it took me by surprise, partly because it was unsolicited and partly because I hadn't really thought much about it. I'm not keen to have to add in a sponsor promotion in my show um, in every kind of intro or outro or, or somewhere in the middle. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't really sit well with me right now. Um, But given this sponsor was Monday.com, which is the workflow software company, I wonder if it was perhaps a tad hasty because it does really fit the whole leverage business theme for sure. I may revisit that idea at some point. So the next leverage point here is efficient workflow for leveraged production. In the show notes, there's a screenshot of my workflow spreadsheet. This is where I'm at now, 35 episodes in and planning ahead. So I've been going for over half a year, which is amazing. Time flies when you're having fun, right? And what you'll see on the workflow is how I break down every single step of the process, including guest liaison and content creation. And it's how I've been able to see clearly what my VA can do and what I want to keep hold of. 
It's evolved over time. It's quite a long workflow, which may look a bit daunting. The list of tasks maybe seems like a lot of work, but that's just because I like to break things down to every little step so nothing gets missed and it's all in the most efficient order. That's just how I run my business. I map everything out. Maybe a little OCD on that, but it works for me. So what are the different tasks? First, on the general episodes, it starts with our content plan, which isn't in the podcast workflow. It's a separate spreadsheet entirely. It's pretty much like the plan we talked about in episode 28 and I mentioned last week with uh, the wonderful Laura McDool, my content strategy guru, and the link to download her content planner is in the show notes. That's episode 28. So from the content plan, we pull the titles into our podcast workflow. And the first step is to do the SEO research to home in on the best keywords or key phrases that will get us the best search results for that topic. Find the ones with a high volume so that you know there's interest with lots of people searching for it and the ones you stand a chance of doing well with in terms of getting on page one. Next, we dig into content we already have and can repurpose, content we can put an outline together for and go do some research and content we need to write from scratch that's more thought leadership kind of stuff. Then we write the blog article or for some, I'll just record the content from the outline structure and then we transcribe it. So that's all the content side. If the topic is for a guest episode, it will still fit our content plan and we will have gone out scouting for good guests who are experts in that area or people I know who are doing interesting things or who are really great speakers. Some who I've listened to their podcast if they have one and others who I've seen uh, speak on webinars or in other events. And once we have the article and podcast recording, we go into the audio editing territory. What I have now is a workflow that's 70% outsourced, so moving away from me having to do all of it. I still do a lot of the content planning, but the content curation can be done by someone else because I have a lot of content to draw on. So for me, it's mostly still my own content that I've written, um, but for other people, there's a lot of things that you can synthesize, that you can put together, and you can create um, an overarching topic around things that you've read and, and learned about. And that's a really useful and valuable thing to share with people. Once the audio recording is done, it needs to be converted from Zoom audio, which is M4A format, to WAVE format to import into Audacity. I just used the free tool at convertio.co to do that. And I picked WAVE rather than MP3 because as the raw audio we're working from, it's higher quality. The audio is then edited for quality and we wrap the intro and outro with the music track around it and then export the finished episode as MP3 because that's what LibSync requires. We also create timestamps, which not everybody does. Um, it uses a little WordPress plugin called Fusebox, it used to be called Smart Podcast Player, and we add that to the show notes. It's just a, an added value thing, really. It helps people to be able to find a particular area of the episode if they wanted to go back to it. So we also write the summaries at this point for the episode descriptions. The next task is to add the tags using ID three editor. It's a little tool that adds all the right things in the right places so that any of the podcast destinations can pick out what they need because they all use slightly different tags. So that takes care of that. And it's also where we put our episode descriptions into as well. So that's all then uploaded into LibSing with the ID3 tags. 
as a mp3 file and you have to add a few extra bits in there for apple Podcasts specifically so you check the details um usually save it i usually save it as a draft at this point um upload your artwork sometimes it's already there ready um from previous episodes just sits in your in your account and you then set the schedule date and time for publishing so that's done all ready to go and it's a fabulous feeling when you see your episodes stacked up in your list of scheduled episodes then there's the podcast website page and the episode show notes pages to create Ours is part of our WordPress site on jlson.com forward slash podcast. And so we've created a template in the themes library that just clones a previous page and is edited from there. So we create a new blog article post and copy paste in the text. We update the links between the article and the episode pages. So essentially on the podcast, you can read the article and on the blog, you can play the episode. For guest episodes with the interviews, we also pick out some fun video stills from the original Zoom meeting and create collages to add to the show notes page and to use in promotion. And given this is all audio, it gives a nice dynamic to the episode. Both the episode show notes page and blog post are scheduled to be published shortly after LibSync goes live with it. And we later go in and add in the specific episode links for Apple and Google to the page just to add more convenience for people. We also go into MailerLite, our email marketing system, and add in an update message about the episode. And we create social media bits and bobs with some nice visuals. And once released, we can create video snippets too. You can really do as much promoting and marketing as you want. And you can also outsource as much of it as you want. So for some episodes, we'll do a pre-release promotion to say what's coming. Sometimes we'll send a refresher a few days after. And that's all in the workflow too. Oh, and later we'll go back into the articles and add in more internal links to other episodes. So that increases the SEO. So that brings us to the next part of the leverage piece. And that is our consistent offer positioning for leveraged enrollments. And if I take you back to part one, I said that deciding to start a podcast was first and foremost about strategy. I already had a successful consulting practice. I'd been doing internet marketing already for a decade and started moving more and more into online education as part of a leveraged strategy for better work-life balance. And that meant raising my visibility and brand awareness in the digital space and creating a signature program. A lot of what I share on the Leverage Business Podcast here is what I've personally done and what I help others to do as a business educator and mentor and coach. So to that end, I wrote and published a book. I recorded the audiobook version and moved seamlessly to creating and starting a podcast from there. I created the Leverage Business Accelerator program, which is a version of an existing digital roadmap program that I ran as part of consulting services to nonprofit corporate organizations. And I redesigned it into an online group program to support individual practitioners and small business owners. For my purposes, the podcast is strategic marketing for business growth. It's another vehicle for building my credibility and my audience beyond my consulting work with corporates and working with people through the iSuccess Business Academy, the online education side of the company. If you're wondering, how do you know if your audience would respond to a podcast? Well, from all that I share about, shared about the podcast stats, in terms of trends, audio seemed a good way to leverage my expertise, to build trust and a connection faster than other media. So I don't see that the same wouldn't be true for your type of work as well. The statistics for podcasts show 
that most people now are getting really on board with audio, with listening. So I don't think you would lose anyone. I think you would gain a lot of people. Not everyone wants to read stuff. And interestingly, what I'm finding is that people either read everything, they might email me, some sign up for my program, so they go the whole customer journey. But a lot of my subscribers and followers on social media, they just observe, they consume, and they don't tap into um, everything that I do. They're not fully engaged and they're not always particularly responsive. But with podcasting, what I felt is my customer journey goes a lot faster and it feels like people don't need to hang around in my world as long before they actually make contact. And that, I think, harks to the point I made in part one about connection and feeling that they know me, that they're getting to know me faster than when they're consuming my written stuff. One of the remarkable benefits that I noticed is I had a 300% increase in the number of visitors to my website. And people were staying on my pages way longer than ever before. And although, as usual, I can track which pages are attracting the most traffic, so which topics and SEO is working the best, the fact that I put up an article version of my podcast and provided a show notes page of resources was undoubtedly a big factor in keeping my audience more engaged. And that's what leads to better conversion and more pre-educated customers that then become great clients. So I think you would need to think whether or not that's likely to be the case for your audience as well, how connected you are right now with them. So if you're currently, say, running Facebook Lives or doing webinars, they're probably already seeing you in that kind of format. And there may be less of a difference if you have a podcast. But if you're delivering courses, writing articles, or you have a book, and that's your main channel like I was, then I think it's a really good compliment to a book for your audience to hear you and interact with you in a different way. And it also depends on how willing you are to open up to your audience on a personal level. I don't mean sharing masses of detail about your personal life. I mean sharing your personality, sharing stories from your experiences or from things that you've noticed, things that you're reading. Just being more you, more connected on a human level. I want people to understand my personal journey so they can see that their journey might be similar. And although I did an audio book and that's audio, it's formal. It's way more formal than larking about on a podcast. And it's been an interesting reveal for me because I come from a consulting world. I can be quite serious, ultra professional and very kind of, you know, factual, practical. I get down to business. And so it's actually really big thing for me. Doing the podcast forced me to kind of get over that, to be more relaxed with y'all, to share more. And you'll notice I don't share really deep personal stuff, um, although, you know, we dived into some things around the mindset issues and they're around burnout. Um, but, but generally, I feel that I've been opening up slowly because my fundamental belief is about work-life balance. And that's my experience too. That's kind of where I, I came into this whole leverage solution. Um, so it would be weird if it was all about business and not about life. And of course, because the podcast covers mindset, marketing and money elements, the mindset piece was really interesting because a lot of our well-being is um, half around our nutrition and exercise regime and a lot to do with psychology and self-care. And, you know, I've got to share, therefore, a little bit about that vulnerability and about that side of things, because um, it's really where I 
came to all of this and why it's important to me. And that's where my personal stories and experiences come from. So if you've missed all those juicy bits, you'll have to go back and listen to the podcast to hear all of that um, in terms of some of the particularly comes up on the mindset pieces, I think, and, uh, and looking at lifestyle and well-being and some of those topics. So finally, I really just want to share um, around something around the patience and consistency that you need to make this work, to really make this work long term as a sustainable strategy for growth um, and also some of the lessons learned. Because starting a podcast is super easy, I have to say. Launching a successful podcast is easy when you know what you're doing. But keeping a show going is quite a big commitment and the results can take a while to come through. So if you're the instant gratification type, starting a podcast may be a bit of a thrill, but the longer term planning and benefits may feel like you're just doing it all for nothing for a while. Like with any content plan, if you just kind of do it ad hoc or dabble or you stop too early, it's probably not worth having even bothered at all. I know we think it's easy. As I said, right at the beginning, you just need a mic and start talking. There you go. But as a strategy for business growth, it's something that won't really be worth it unless you commit to it and play the long game. And that means having patience and being consistent. Because there's a big front end investment, you can't give up too quickly if you're not seeing results right away. The bigger commitment is a lot to do with the planning and workflow that I talked about. But if you do it well, the equipment, the editing, it's not vastly expensive. And I'll tell you, you, you want to kind of pick your tools because part of the leverage solution is in getting the right tools as well as getting the right workflow and then outsourcing it. And what's interesting is that sometimes when you start, whether you start blogging, whether you you know, whatever you put into a podcast, sometimes you, you do wonder, is anyone actually listening? Um, you know, it took a while before people started actually contacting me and responding and, and telling me stuff. Um, and so you kind of wonder, you know, it goes out on YouTube as well as an audio. And sometimes you think, well, people just aren't engaging. They're just passive. And it's the same with Facebook groups sometimes as well. And it, it's just this sense of inertia sometimes. But just keep going because actually people are listening and they are watching and they are seeing you. And it can sometimes take a while before things take off. And so when you start a podcast channel, I think one of the reasons why a lot of shows start and then end and only have a few episodes is because people have given up way too soon. Building an engaged audience, it starts slow and then it takes off. And I'm still in the taking off phase for sure. Most of the podcasts that stay in the game, sometimes it's taken six months to even a year, even more before things really fly. So you have to feel that this is something you're in for the long haul, that you enjoy doing. There are lots of ways that you can interact with your audience. And of course, the most leveraged strategy is where the things you do choose are nicely synergistic. But just to mention now as well, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I give my clients is don't try and be everywhere because you'll just exhaust yourself and you'll dilute your audience's attention actually as well because they don't know where to find you. So pick your best platform and show up as the leader there consistently without fail. Anything else you do is just playing a supporting role. It's a bonus that's promoting your hero content, as my lovely guest Laura McDowell calls it. 
So now I've got some perspective and a lot of experience. And so one question I got when I would, what would I have done differently? And to be fair, a lot of the lessons learned are built into what I've shared over these three episodes because I followed a plan based on someone else's lessons learned. For me personally, though, I think I would give myself the advice of just enjoying the process, give myself permission to enjoy the process more because I was incredibly new to audio as a medium for me. In the early episodes, I was over-preparing and I was overthinking everything. And I don't think my natural voice or my personality came through as much as in the later episodes. It maybe took until my episode seven or eight, maybe longer, to find my radio show host vibe. And I've done a couple of interviews by then as well, and that helped too. And I thought, actually, I'm quite a good interviewer and probably drawing on my own experience as an evaluator, I hadn't realized that about myself in terms of asking good questions. And it's probably a skill that's going to benefit me um, as in 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 my career as a podcaster. So now I'm wondering, have I got the right balance, right? (laughs) Because I do one guest interview every four weeks. We have the two topics I do solo and a Q&A with Dr. J style episode that picks up things that have come up often for my client work. So I alternate the style slightly, but it's not as distinctive as I thought. And I think the thing I would maybe do differently into the future is have more guests. Because doing the interviews is fun. I have to say, it's uh, quite lonely doing solo episodes. It's very one way and you have to produce the content rather than it coming from the interviewee. Whereas once you get on a roll with your workflow and inviting guests, then, you know, I'm getting the questions together. I just go with the flow and I'm enjoying it and being natural. Uh, So, yeah, maybe more guest episodes. That would be my lesson learned. So that's over to you. Let me know. What do you like most? Do you like the current mix? Do you want more guest speakers? Do you find the topics relevant and insightful? Do you want more of this and less of that? Get in touch and let me know at jallison.com forward slash contact me or submit a question at jallison.com forward slash podcast forward slash QA. So that's all for today. I'm going to stop here. I hope you've enjoyed these three parts to this series and um, that it's helped you make a decision around podcasting and whether it's right for you. Um, Please, please do send me any questions. I'd love to talk to you about your strategy and how you might want to be doing podcasts or not or something else. All very exciting. So that's my invitation to you. Get in touch. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk strategy. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.